Here it comes. Welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low-dollar racing and an oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of lemon champ or lucky track dog league you run. SCCA or NASA, we don't discriminate as long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussions, tips, tricks, as well as news and notes from the world of amateur endurance And whether it's on the spot, hella sweet, or a lucky Chrissy. 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 And I give you just a tip. We're sure you'll giggle a little. And learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. I'm Jeff. And I'm Mental. And we are Everyone Racers. Welcome to an AMC Straight Six episode. It's episode 258. If you're not driving your 70 AMC product, check out your E1R bingo card. There's no prizes, but it's still fun. We would like to know if you win, though. Absolutely, we would. We won't give you anything. Yeah. I'll give you a koozie next time I see you. How about that? Keychains. Maybe a keychain. Maybe you, a keychain. Maybe. Yep. Depends you on how just, good your just, bingo is. I was going to say just or justify your loyalty. That too. <laughs> Good. Oh, you got a podcast. That's good. There you go. I do. My pod right. dogs have left. Who's oh, starting? Well. What you working uh, on? I think Metal should start. Metal. Oh, oh, what are you working well, on? Crap. Okay. I well. had to uh, renew the registration on the RV, which requires a um, emissions test in Nevada, which is odd to me. And tomorrow, I fly to Utah Motorsports Kansas campus to work with extreme experience i'm meeting up with a friend actually a bunch of friends because i know all those guys but one of my friends from when he was a college student in oklahoma is stationed out there he will be instructing with us and he is loaning me his, his car and it was so it's not guess the rental but it's ask my friends i have my choice of an e46 wagon manual yes a mini cooper manual or an E34 door manual that he's going to loan me for the weekend. Whichever one you haven't driven. I haven't driven Ever? You never had I'd an say- E30? I thought you had an E30. Oh, I had, I'm talking of these cars. Yeah, oh, no. I meant whichever one you haven't spent time in. I've, I've had an E46. I've had. You've never I've had a Mini, have Coopers. you? I've, I've <laughs> driven a Mini Cooper, but yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm leaning hard towards the E30. It's a really well. I'm leaning one. that way too, because the ones that are still around are typically in pretty good shape, and it's fun to see if they're still any good. Yeah, you know. and Grant is an outstanding mechanic, and he's got a half a dozen other cars. He's got a couple of JDM. Uh, if anyone's interested in R32 Skyline, get a hold of me because he's selling one. So, yeah, he's got some cool stuff. Yeah, I don't blame him for not loaning you that one. <laughs> uh, and I, I'd just I'm, like to sell whoever this guy is, who's probably in my cell phone. Mental barred my Veloster and treated it very nicely and only gave me a little bit of COVID. So there it is. I didn't have the COVID. You had the COVID. You do the math. I still don't have the COVID. Schrodinger's disease. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, treated I, it great. I, I, I unintentionally conducted a bit of an experiment this week. I rode... Uh, the scooter to work. I've talked about my commute before. It's just 12 miles. I can get to work faster on a 50 CC scooter than I can in an AMG. So I have fallen down a rabbit hole of perhaps I should be riding a scooter to work more often. It also gets 90 miles per gallon instead of 17. 
I Best. wish it was. I wish it was seventeen. Uh, that's Not what used so, to get mixed. Oh my like, goodness! So, yeah, yeah, it's get a no. <laughs> get a two fifty. I've got motorcycles. Can, yeah, but I'm just saying. A sco- I'm just saying. You know, no a scooter. I don't know. I, there's Scooter's there's fun. lots of yeah. There's lots of cheap scooters kicking around here, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So, but, that's, but you already have one though. I I do. Technically, it's Vicky's. So she I, will I, let you use it. She probably. I don't will. know. She did. He drop it. I did. I, I still have a scar on my arm from that one. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. Uh, but uh, you know, my week was, uh, my week was lame next week. I'll have lots of interesting stories to tell about. So if you're coming out to uh, Utah motorsports campus this weekend, stop by, say, hi, I'll be your instructor in a Lamborghini or Ferrari, whatever. Um, I see much interesting, more interesting stuff. I would like to hear what Chrissy was working on. I had another leisurely weekend, which was lovely. And then I changed the brakes of my sister's car because she brought it in for air quotes service um, and it was delivered to our house to do some service. Chris can tell you. Chris, why don't you tell us? Which sister, which car? Uh, Kim and the Mazda 3. The 3, then. The 3. The silver 3, if I remember correctly. Nope. Nope. The silver 3 never was hers. You have it in your head. You really, really, like, it was not a silver. She has one you've never seen. It's black. It's a sedan. No, I don't know that one. No. Exactly. But this is the Mazda 3 that could. This damn thing has hit everything but the lottery and still just keeps running. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, They're made out of Tupperware. They really are. It's thriving on neglect, uh, apparently. So. And you're handiwork for that. Yes. No, no. Well, at this point, the car has been around for like five years and 50,000 miles and none of us can believe it. So um, I actually had to do things that I never thought I would do in this car again, like, you know, spark plugs and a transmission fluid change and an air filter. Um, But while, you know, the transmission fluid is changing, I also replaced a slightly weeping axle seal and an axle that had a pinhole in the boot that was slinging just the tiniest little bit of grease. So that all got changed uh, along with the oil that was 11,000 miles on that oil. Again, the damn car just runs on neglect. Fine. That was my, that was um, my normal. Right? Yep. Chrissy did the rear brakes. That was good. What else did I do? I don't know. Stuff. That is, uh, is that one because it's the coupe? Uh, is that one rear drums? But... Or sedan. I'm sorry. The sedan. No, it's all disc. Rear drum, rear all drum? disc. Okay. All right. Mazda 3s were always all disc, which is nice. I don't think I would have signed up to do drums, to tell it's you the, the truth. It's the yeah. reason I bought it. I was cross shopping in. Oh, two when I got the first one was the protege or the focus and the focus had drums and I wasn't doing it. No, no, nope. wasn't going to have it. Nope. Yeah. Fair. We so did I did all that took four hours of work last night, but all done and back to them, which is good. And now I'm prepping for vacation because we're going to be going a couple places in the next couple of weekends and trying to get all our stuff together. Sorry. One more three question. How many miles on it? Cause you said you two fifteen. Okay. My protege, I gave away with, I crashed at 211 on the stock plugs that came from the factory. And the Mazda 3 that I traded in at 180 had the f- spark plugs from the factory. Yeah. So, so there you have it. That doesn't it, mean it's good. Hate cars, get a Mazda 3. That's right. <laughs> I mean, sure. Thrive on neglect. Who yep. yep. Great. Anyway. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, me? So, yeah, 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 you're well. It's left. Am I, what do you am do? I left? Uh, yep. We celebrated my wife's birthday. It was a milestone. No, I won't tell you what the number is. But we celebrated by going to a restaurant that was over a hundred years old. It was in a hotel that began as a hotel for whalers on the Jersey yes. Shore. Not the boats. 
the guys with harpoons. Pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, and it was good fish. So there it is. Um, due to some complicated banking reasons, uh, I need a certificate of occupancy for my house. Yes, so that it's safe to live in or to prove that it's safe and to live in. And I yep. failed heavily. Yeah, no Is way. Is this after that you did all the housework stuff? Uh, there was a lot of housework that still needs to be done, I guess. So okay. I got the grumpiest inspector in the world and he walked in and he said, you know, you got some open permits that have never been inspected in this house. And I went, nope, news to me. Turns out that uh, when we put our split system in during COVID, the township office wasn't open. So we never got it inspected. That was taken care of this week. So that was on the work list. Uh, and then he walked in and he said, where'd you put, when'd you put this pool in? Cause that doesn't pass either. And I said, mm, I bought the house with the pool. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's coming up this weekend. And then uh, y'all know I live in a split level house. I never did that railing over the four foot drop. So that actually got done uh, just last night. Actually, Jim came over and held and helped me finish it up because I had been doing all of the standing. Um, how, um, when did that railing come down for just for reference when uh, you were, you did some floor remodeling 2020. The- yeah. Probably two years, two years, but we liked it that way. It like really opened the house. Really up. opened really the place. Tied you know, the that, room together. That, that real drop off that you're just, you know, yeah. misstep, fall off the chair. Yeah roll a ball you know just it's just a drop off it's cool my kid's 14 if he falls off dude i did the dog did the dog ever off. fall off no dogs never fall fell off shoot your kid survived an electrocuting door yes, please <laughs> harden up yeah so uh this weekend i will be doing pool fencing and pool gates so yay fun yay fun great fun news and notes time James Gilboy at The Drive had an article on the F1 engine rules for 2026. Now, last week, the FAA, who oversees Formula One, released the new engine specs for the next generation. Cliff notes in the article title, quieter, laggier, less power from internal combustion. Uh, F1 cars are still going to be powered by turbo V6s. They'll still make a combined around 1,000 horsepower. More of this power is going to come from the hybrid systems, though. As a result, regenerative braking will nearly eliminate the role of friction brakes on the rear axles similar to how Formula E cars have foregone rear friction brakes entirely. F1 is also going to phase out the motor generator unit heat, the MGU-H. That's the one on the turbo. It's between the compressor and the, the turbine, and it's intended to either spin the compressor up or lower revs to get the boost up or capture energy from the spinning turbo when you let off the gas. So this system uh, really apparently has been a barrier, an expensive barrier for some of the new engine suppliers by getting rid of it. That apparently will make people happier. Because that technology is going to be found nowhere in a road car. Actually, Mercedes already just put it in a road car. The new AMG A45 has an MGUH on its turbo. (laughs) Who knew? Chris knew, apparently. People. (laughs) (laughs) Look. Yeah, the the biggest Mercedes fan on this podcast didn't know that. So that's awesome. Look. Uh, yep. I just like to say to anyone out there, since we're talking about Formula One, if anybody wants to pay me twenty-one million dollars not to go to ne- to work next year, sign me up. All you had to do is not be very good. Yeah, especially for a job <laughs> you're not good at. 
Anyway, I could be, is, I could, I could rock being not good at Formula One. I could one. suck a lot. Yeah. I mean, anyway, how on. tough is your skin, though? That's the problem. For twenty-one million dollars, it's pretty tough. Okay. All right. It's all right. Slag me off in any. Anyway. Anyway. No. No. <laughs> not our stories. Next story. Now, no doubt you're on social media and all this week you've been filled with these wonderful Pebble Beach Monterey Car Week, beautiful collector's cars, but that's not really us, is it? We're, we're everyone racers people. So in case it got buried, all this other stuff, uh, in conjunction with that in your house, of course, there was Radwood and Concourse de Le Mans, which uh, one of the judges was Judge Kristen and Jay. And uh, we've got links to both of those galleries of uh, 30 or 40 more approachable cars, including the infamous Lincoln Continental, the old uh, uh, West Coast Lemons car that has the horse on the roof that you actually have to ride. It's also been in a couple of rallies. There's uh, there's some really good stuff. And uh, pneumatics, they just did the bargain version of the the band that always wears the helmets, uh, Daft Punk, except they were just stormtroopers and Boba Fett. So this is it's worth poking through both those galleries to remember that there are cool cars out there that people actually drive and wrench on themselves. Do we still have uh, somebody says Citroen incorrectly on the bingo card? Uh, probably. probably. Yes. Somebody got a bingo. <laughs> somebody got a square. There were a lot of cars, cool cars there. It was, it was great looking through them. I'm just looking through them now. There's some really good looking. There's a, a a Robin that looks like brand new, like really cool cars. The three wheeled Robin, that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah anyway, uh, Auto Week popped some interesting discussion this week with five questions that uh, about the summer the F1 summer break. Even though they, we are a little halfway through the season, it's a good reminder to look at our F. It's not actually to look at our F1 fantasy league, which somehow Jeff is in second place because I we know. all forgot to and don't care anymore, <laughs> which just means we are absolutely going back to the old version because we literally do not care this time. So sorry that I'm. <laughs> it's I made this not as good of a version. I made the suggestion to move to F1. I am now admitting I was very hey, wrong. Hey, so everyone's got to try. You got to try that MGUH. And then if it sucks, get rid of it. Right. So next week, next year, we'll absolutely go back to fantasy GP. So I apologize about that one. Uh, discussion points. Will Verstappen wrap it up? Mercedes, can yes. Hamilton uh, continue the losing? Will he continue the losing streak or will he get another win back and break that awesome, amazing uh, streak of a, you break the streak of people winning after 300 and will Revettel get one last shining moment? Lots of good questions there. And it's worth noting. Hamilton has never been winless since starting in formula one, even his rookie mm, year. I don't like any of these stats. <laughs> <laughs> I think he can do it, but it's gotta be, although I hear there's rain this weekend because my coworkers are huge fantasy fans. So before meetings start, we sit around and talk about F1. Uh, yeah, apparently there's supposed to be rain in quality and in the race. So well, I seem to remember a, a race from last year where it rained in Spa and it, you know, it went great, right? All four laps. Two laps, even. Two, yeah. <laughs> it was the longest. We put it on the replay and we're like, four hours? What? <laughs> And then fast we put forward, it on, and then forward. there's a there's a whole bunch of people sitting around eating chips, and they're just like, "Are we going?" And then there was laps, and then they turned it off, and I was like, "That's when George got his second place because he did a great quality, right? <laughs> yeah. Because you couldn't go anywhere because everything was under yellow, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So if there's rain this weekend, maybe maybe the the goat will do well. In the rain. 
I hope yep. so. You hope for stepping wins. No, I, I, I like to mix it up. <laughs> I mean, weird because okay. pretty much for Stappen is going to win the championship at this point. So let's let some other people win. I'd like oh, to see somebody else. You're on the so equal opportunity. It's so what cute. I like is racing. That's competitive. Okay. Hamilton is the best driver ever. That's why it got boring. He won all the it's, time. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Anyway. Anyway. Sponsor section. At this episode 258, if you want something awesome with an AMC 258 in it, you can find it with everything else at racingjunk.com. We found a time capsule of a 258 powered Concord based 78 AMX. This really? is a uh, silver on blue vinyl. I will. It's one of 2,500 made and surely one of very few left, especially in this condition. And, uh, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Let me share my screen here. I, I, actually, I just brought it up. Already it doing is, it. Fantastic. Yeah, it is, that is that is really really is gorgeous. New. How many miles on that? Uh, sixty five thousand. No, it says yeah. sixty five thousand yeah, miles 000 on miles. it. All but right, tell us more. Could, tell us you more. Could eat off of that engine. It looks like it's got factory air conditioning to it. I mean, the the blue valve cover is still shiny. The, all the silver. It's a, the original silver car, the blue vinyl interior, but it's definitely sporty because it's got buckets and it's got a rally steering wheel. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, this was this was a sporty machine in 1978. And that 258 straight six under the hood had like 115 horsepower out of 4.2 liters <laughs> because that was what you did at the time. Yeah. It's, these, uh, these wheels are actually those wheels are probably pretty rare in what i also being a yeah, person of this era i'm impressed it's got louvers it's not loading because yeah i know sorry giga blasting, giga blasting. Uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> but it's got uh, turbine wheels i mean it's it's a very very there they go oh, very yeah. nice Turbine yeah, wheels, the white louvers, letter tires, look. louvers, this red pinstripe, like this. I mean, this was a disgrace to the AMX name, but it was a cool car now looking back in 1978. <laughs> so that brings oh, me to another question was. though to everyone quickly. If you had to pick an AMC product to own, which would it be? I'll go first. Okay. It looks very similar. But it would be it? SX4. SX4. So this really? is the same exact body, right? How of the sporty AMX. that is. It's, it's it's close. That one's a, close. a a lift back. The other one was a notch back. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. So right. This, this is, is the, the lift back uh, four wheel Spirit. drive. Yes. Yep. AMC Spirit SX4. So this actually came in a V8. Came in the 250, the 258 also, but would come in a V8 with a stick, I believe. And yeah. it this was is the four-wheel drive. Eagle. Yeah. This was the four-wheel drive crossover SUV. Yeah, right. It was a hatchback with four-wheel drive. Sun they didn't have SUVs back then. This was your SUV. This was, yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's what I would like. I, and I, is this a cop-out? Because I don't want the 258, maybe. No, not at all. But I love this. This is like 1983-84. Sign me up all day long. There's an entire and race in Lemons in the Pacific Northwest dedicated to that vehicle. It's fantastic. Love it. We were actually having a, an extended discussion at work the other day about the, the new concept of the electric skateboard and retrofitting 
older cars with modern EV drivetrains. And I thought <clears throat> an electric Gremlin, especially if you could get the one, the Levi's edition, that they actually use denim for the seat coverings. I would love nice. an electric Gremlin Levi's edition. Okay. That's a very specific. Nice. I, I'll go. Okay. I'm going Pacer because Boom. it is gorgeous. so, it isn't, it's so pretty and it's so, it's so weird looking. It's like the Citroen was, it's like the, it's so like the bubble on the back and just like, and this one is, happens to be very nice. I'm not sure what year this was on sale, but it's just an awesome. That's a great color. Weird. Yeah. I know it's like, it's a, like baby a light blue, light yeah. blue. Yeah. This one actually has tint on it. The front's funky looking but this one is all Ooh. the retro look at the wood trim panels so i really Corduroy just seats yeah I, mm. i'm i really like the the back bubble like from the back you're saying you're like that's eh, a weird looking car so that's where i'm going okay uh i'm gonna have to take this is kind of an easy button but i've always wanted one of these oh really an 85 cj or some, some kind of early 80s cj7 red i wanted a red one i don't know why i didn't know this would, was an option i would also i would prefer it with a 304 v8 and the four yeah. speed mm -hmm. yep but i'll i'll take the 258 but you know just a nice condition cj yeah i the always want four four speed was what was available in the sx4 also i've, I've yeah. told that the uh from an off-roading perspective that the 256 or 258 six cylinder was a better off-roading sure. engine than the 304 but, but v8 fair it makes v8 noises and who cares <laughs> so, so this is what oh, always okay. this is what always annoyed me about the amc v8 is it was the same displacement as the international harvester v8 and oh. everybody would try and give me parts for the other like oh so oh, oh, four or 304 i can i can get you a part i can i got a distributor for that off my you know my gremlin no different motor and the 345 was so much better anyway. Yeah, That's wrong. enough to uh you're just so to mad go. about that. Mm. I was 19. Don't I give me parts. <laughs> Who wants to take a bet that some of those parts are still in Jeff's garage? Uh probably. My mother threw them all out. That's true, she did. <laughs> With the car. Uh, oh oh well. goodness. All right. I do have that the was shot fun. manual still in my garage. Thanks for that. Good. Listen! Okay. Back. Hey, in response to our last episode, um, so uh, Michael K said, all the comments are dead on about everyone needs to know their job and be there and be ready. This was a discussion about how to win and how to win class B. And we really talked about all the efficiency stuff. So uh, Michael chimed in and said, this really helped us he's the polka kings win b even before our car was out of contention because they realized they did not have a fourth guy oh no this helped the polka kings win class b because they realized they did not have a fourth guy to hold their fire bottle to do their most efficient fuel stop so they didn't have the planning down and uh yeah help them uh, not win class b 
help the no, other because cats because win. Michael helped them. They got yeah. they got oh, the baby. Yes, that's got it. it now I'm getting it. I'm Read like, the notes before you I, get on the show. I had to work late tonight. I get oh, it now. Oh, the show hmm. notes come up early. Look where the comma is matters, and I missed it. Don't eat, Let's grandma. Eat. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Let's eat, grandma. Yeah. Let's eat. Grandma. I was thinking. I was thinking. I helped my friend Jack off a horse. <laughs> Punctuation saves lives. I was thinking of Scrappy our Fujis. So there's that. <laughs> All the grammar is really important sometimes. Obviously, uh, little Jeff say was something. I'm out. Little Jeff was not interested in in uh, grammar. Uh, that's like, my friend Jack. Well, Comma <laughs> off a horse. Josh responded. Josh H responded to a what you're working on. Quote, I just got my daily driver wrapped up doing timing chains, throw out bearings, and getting rid of the stupid internal oil filter setup for a traditional canister filter on the outside of the block. That was fun. I'm sensing a little sarcasm. Mm. Oh, Josh H, do we know what kind of car that was? It had a filter inside the block. Mm. Mm. Uh, Chrissy, oh. I added one. Sorry. I think they are giga blasting. Ooh, they are frozen. Wow. I'll, that's I'll, a, that's... I'll read their swallow. Go they catch for up. it. Yes. While uh, they get Rob Keller, up. our friend of, of Ford fan was, was binging old episodes. And he asked about the car in Jeff's background on episode 140. Cause you had the, uh, you had the movie going. And it was the one where Phil put the camera on the back because oh, you can see the flag. It. You can see the flag waving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was the boat, which is the same one I have behind me now. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, <laughs> but Phil would always bring a a GoPro and he would mount yeah. it to the rear bumper of a car for every race, and he would try and do it on a slow car so that he could see all of the people passing. So that Absolutely. must have been that. I mean, that was like. 140 that was like two years ago three years ago mm -hmm. that's it was uh not too long after we started doing uh the, the back YouTube videos all right now we hear we're hearing chris saying that his internet Hi. is back um Sorry we don't have it, we don't oh, it's all good we we figured you guys were giga blasting yeah it's all right yeah. i'll tell you what part yeah, of the show we're sorry up about to. that <laughs> i'll tell you what part of the show we're up to hi chrissy's mom hi mom you missed a golden one right there you Sorry. know whose internet never giga blast whose internet is always on point yeah chrissy's mom chrissy's mom yeah i, I feel Good like sister. chrissy's chrissy's giga blasting again mm -hmm. appears that way <laughs> you guys have oh. some of this, got a storm going on out there no that's what i know of oh well whatever cat chewing right. on your internet cables is that's going on <laughs> i hope not that would be the world's worst podcast if it chewed your your, your one know. connection. No, on she's there. usually good about that. She's had dinner. May oh, when I lean back, I disappear in the boat. May which is funny. Topic time. Uh, yeah, it just disappears like the boat is yelling. <laughs> so now you stay to oh well. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right, it's not a YouTube. Keep going, everyone. May all topic right. time. So inspired by a listener of Thompson, this is all about our mysteries and yours because when you have mysteries at the track. They're difficult. They're challenging. They're really, really frustrating. We've all been there. We've all seen it done. So let's talk about some of the mysteries that we've had and some other people have had and figure out what do we do about those? 
Where awesome. what's the diagnosis path? What is the, the the levels you need to think about? So that the next time you are stuck with a ministry, maybe you'll remember one of these top tips. Not really top uh, tips, but just learn from our mistakes, folks. Yeah. This yeah. whole show um, is about learn from our mistakes. I know Chrissy's coming in and out. I'm so... here. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, do we want to start with one of our stories or do we want to start with a listener story? I'd like starting with Matt's story if Chrissy's right. ready to, to yeah, go. Yeah, sure. No? Well, I can read it then. Anyway, oh, I'm sorry. I'll start it. Okay. So so Matt Matt F. of uh, Silent But Deadly and Space Pants. Space said, Pants! <laughs> da, 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 space Pants! Uh-huh. So when we were running the Mustang at NJMP with the Turbo 2.3, the car Ooh, would run... Gr- that's the problem right there. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> the car would run great for a short while, then run progressively worse over time. Replace the fuel pump and assorted ignition parts... Long story short, the distributor was retarding timing to the point where it wouldn't run at all. Moral of the story, Matt says, bring every spare part you own and then some with you if you're running an obsolete oddball engine. Good advice. Even when you're not. And that's a, that's a, well, that's always an excellent advice. If you're, if you're driving something stupid, bring a bunch of them. Like you, when you guys ran all of the Austins um, years ago. Mm -hmm. But what is some helpful hints that someone who's new at this could use to diagnose whether or not the car cutting out is a fuel problem or an ignition problem? Mm. Okay. Mm. I, well. I think we're going to get there. Before we go there, let me just say that I want to talk about Matt's story for a moment. I yeah. think this is the hardest things to do when it runs but doesn't run great. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know what I mean? Like if it's not running, you can usually figure that out. How many times do we totally. say like, we look so at each better? other. It's better. It better. It's better. And that's, that's the next story is all Send about, it. is it better? And all of that's better. about fuel and spark. It's not so. better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we're going to jump right into fuel and spark. Should I talk about the Citroën? Should we go yeah. there next? Okay. Cause so, it, that's what that was all about. So yeah, it's yeah. a great time to do it. So we had a 70, what was it? 73? 73. 73. Yeah, you got it. And I said Citroen, I think, okay. Yeah, um, good. And it would not run great. It would run great it's better. in the it's better. driveway. It would drive around. Uh, the I don't block. think it was great ever. It would the driveway, drive, it was okay. It would drive around the block. It would rev. It, it would sound awesome. And then we put it on the track and it would go, eh, I'm done. Six turns later, half a lap later, lap and a half. the white flag. Yeah, it basically would die on the side of the track, and we'd have to tow it in, and we would try and figure out what was wrong with it, and then we would mess with it. We would find sometimes it wouldn't start for a while. Sometimes it would start. I mean, it was like, and then it would start, and it would be like, (gasps) we fixed it. It's better. Oh, and then we would send it out exactly what Chrissy said. We would stand around and go, well, is it better? Or is better. it Citroen better? I think it's better. Let's send it. It really became a catch, actual catchphrase. Um, and we did this for three full races, two full races, really, because mm-hmm. it was the third race. And we really. A lot uh, of times in our driveway and driving around the block, too. Yeah, yeah. This was this was not a take it to the track and not think it's going to run situation we were very sure that we had licked this problem every single time we sent it out again. Well, not every time, but you know, when we put it on the trailer to go to the track, we were very sure 
oh, we got it now. So because we, we always fix something, we always fix something, and Every that's time. just part of the problem right? is we kept finding things. Uh, do you want to do like the butcher's bill, Chris? Before I get into what when I finally yelled at the stars and. We, well, I'm we, not sure what the butcher's bill was before that. I mean, I guess in general, like we, we, you know, we obviously did plugs and wires. I changed the distributor to a Buick conversion. So it was not the ridiculous dual coil Citroen one. So that was, uh, that was before we even started. We there changed. was no fuel system. So I put in a fuel pump, a facet fuel pump mm -hmm. um, using the external the, tank fuel pump. The, yep. Just using an, an inline, you know, thread in filter by right by the pump um uh we changed and... the alternator we were very sure we were yep. having electrical problems yeah and we, even... we threw a lot of electric at it we yep we changed the voltage regular to a ford one the alternator we moved to a gm1 wire one at the track the uh, um... building our own bracket because obviously yep. that didn't go there yep the uh I see we tried energizing the coil from the jazzy uh -huh, which uh -huh. you know because yep. we wanted Remember a separate that? 12 volt source to see how that was and for those work. for those who might just be joining us, the Jazzy is literally one of those mobility scooters yes, with a little correct. controller on the side. So yeah, it, you know, and it it's had a like chair that moves two six volt like and it, three twelve sport, volts three twelve volt batteries in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we kept attacking electric, 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 because we were very sure the fuel system was okay. Because when we bought it, the guy said. I just had the fuel tank cleaned and Chris said, I think he said the previous owner had the fuel whatever, tank cleaned. Yeah, whatever. it's just been sitting here since. And, and, and Chris said, never uh, trust that. Never. I, never. I put in the fuel pump. We knew the fuel pump was working. We tested it frequently. We could hear it buzzing. Yeah. Later on, and I though realized that that fuel pump wasn't powerful enough. That was one of the first things we eventually changed. Oh, yeah. oh we fix it now. We, we put in a it. fuel pump that flows better. Uh -huh, and yeah, that yeah, should yeah. do it. Send it. No. Um, we should mention that this had three uh, Weber carburetors on it that uh, Jeff learned to sync and test because Chris made me watch YouTube videos and gave me a sucker tool. Uh, that's a tool that tests how much they suck, not a tells how much it's a tool, the tool you give to the no, it's a tool you give to the sucker on your team and say here, oh, here watch this watch this try to fix was. this with this tool oh, <laughs> i feel attacked I'm just, i tuned those carburetors constantly during this problem we kept moving that sucker i kept rejet not rejetting but adjusting the jets yuri came over yuri recently said he, he enjoyed that he got a shout out so yuri you're getting another shout out he like took apart part of the carburetor and like blew really hard through some tube and said see there was stuff in it we put it back in and we were like it's running better let's send it again it still didn't run how many and, and when you say tuning carbs this isn't like you're tweaking a four barrel no, no. These walk just... walk through the 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 carburetor because this was why it sounded good at high RPMs if you could ever get it there. Yeah, it had three Weber carburetors. This was a three point two or three point zero liter. Three point zero. Three liter Maserati quad cam V six. Quad cam overhead. It these was are, these a are beautiful motor. Three downdraft two barrel Webers. In fact, yeah. we're gonna have a link to Jeff for sale video right here. They or over here. I don't that. know which. Yeah. Whoever's in yeah. the corner. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so it sounded amazing and in a in a rage of frustration i looked at the sky and i said as god is my witness this thing just doesn't have enough gas 
And Chris so then, went, we should look into that. So we pulled off the fuel filter. And, and I am going to post the greatest we, fuel filter picture ever. Do we have that ever. still? I okay. do. It's on my Facebook. Do you, do you want to talk about it while I pull well, that up? At first, we pulled the one filter, uh, the, which is the metal one off the pump. And some stuff came out. We're like, okay, a little bit of stuff. That's fine. We put a bigger one on. And they kept running it. It ran for longer. And then we pulled the filter off and let it dry out. And we basically poured a, an entire pot of coffee grounds out of the filter. Yeah. For, and that wasn't long, right? I'm sorry if you no. said that before. No, it was it not wasn't very long, long at all. Mm -hmm. And so we would come in that and that was and that, but it ran great for a period of time that was longer than it ever had. And that's that's only what it was, was it the filters were getting clogged by rust. Jeff, are you pulling tank. it? I am pulling it. It's okay. going to take me a minute. To and get to it. it's, it's back so a few years. It that that was it. But all the stuff we had done to tune the carbs is at the spark. So once we solved the fuel problem, the thing actually ran phenomenally because right, we had done we had done so much else just right. I mean, setting the float levels in the Weber's. Oh, there's a whole. I, I pulled those Weber's it. off so many times. And you got to sync all six barrels together. That's what the sucker tool is for. And all that stuff, but it was great. And with the Buick distributor and the Petronix igniter that was in it and the hot coil and everything set perfectly, it ran beautifully once it actually could get enough gas. In our power. <laughs> but it took all of Thompson. It took half of New Hampshire until we figured this out and then we just put more stuff in it. And then for New Jersey, we, we had the tank cleaned. When I brought it to the gas tank guy, he's like, I've never seen one like this. There's so many baffles in it. I can't actually do the normal thing. So we did electrolysis on it. And uh, then we rigged up this three filter manifold. Yep, I, I'm sure. There, yeah, there, there it is. Manifold. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, was, it was two filters here. Yep. And then there's one below the floor right here. Yep. And that way, so when one filter clogs up, the other one takes over. <laughs> and, and, and this would get us like an hour and a half. No. This once we did the tank done and the tank. Oh, the tank of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then then it was fine. Yeah. Ran ran all that New Jersey race. No problem. I think we did that when we still had the before we had the tank electrolysis yeah. and it would last like 45 minutes. It, yeah. We could get like a normal shift when yeah. we first did that. Oh, and it, it literally. Yeah. There's going the coffee grounds. I'm, it literally yeah, found looked the like coffee, coffee grounds right here it comes. So this is what the filter looked like. And I got to tell you, we did everything in our power and then we pulled this out yeah now those are the same filters you were just looking at with that dual setup and that's what it was doing which so never ever believe the oh we just did the fuel system it's fine it's not fine even if no. they did just do the fuel system you've got basically exposed metal that is always covered with a corrosive material and it will rust when given air and that's not well hyperbole that's what gas tanks do the tanks yeah. they, they taste you better with the full of fuel but then they get water and the condensation on them over the years and stuff like that and that's what makes it nasty uh so can i give a tip here Please. so the, the tip here this isn't is, just the tip no 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 this no, is a tip on oh yeah how to find a problem because that's we're just not talking about battle stories here we're trying to give good advice on how to find a problem yes if you have an intermittent problem if you have a car that you're not sure about if you can't figure out what it is it's the old adage it's spark or fuel when a car won't run 99 out of 100 it's spark or fuel can if it be you, air it's very rare that it's air 
It's, if you have no compression, that's a much well. Yeah, issue. yeah. I mean, obviously, there's, there's. Out. You can How eliminate those air things leaks pretty quickly, but if a car that's no compression runs okay. and then doesn't run, runs a little, runs weak, you're probably talking spark or fuel. Chase the spark or fuel. If it feels like spark, it's probably fuel. If it feels like fuel, it's probably spark. <laughs> if a guy said, "I just changed that tank," don't believe him. He's lying. Well, let's let's check do a quick couple things. tips on that. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. If, I was gonna say, how do you check, check for things. spark? Um, Stick your finger in it. How do you check for fuel? Yeah, zap pulled off the coil off the distributor. Ow, get that zap, one's not it. Okay. Ow, ow, ow. That's not it either. Oh, rallying Connie. <laughs> Um, right. yes. A good way to check for spark is pull. If you you can put a light in the spark plug wire between sure. the plug and the thing, and the lights check that that flashes. So that's great. Does anybody own do, one of those? I do. Do you do? Uh, me, me, yeah. me, me. If I you, just go. I got it for the Citroen actually. <laughs> so, I got it specifically for the Citroen. Um, it, you can also unscrew a plug, put the wire on it, and put it on the block somewhere. So, so it grounds, the body, so the body grounds, grounds yep. and then someone cranks it and someone looks at the plug and see if it, see if you see sparky spark. Yeah. That's so sparky spark, healthy uh, spark versus non-healthy spark. Well, and then, and then that? following that logic and correct me as I invariably get this wrong. A lot of your newer systems don't use traditional plugs, even in cars that we're starting to see in our, our particular level of racing. So you'll have distributor or uh, ignition coil. Yeah. Yeah, it's still traditional and, plugs, but it's no distributors. So the coil yeah. is directly on the plug. So how do you test those? Same thing. Just there you go. Just make it yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Or, and then if it's one of those deep down in the engine things, you can just have a spare and start swapping out individuals and see if that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. if, it's, think, if it's not running, if it has a miss, unplug a coil per cylinder or an injector per cylinder or a plug wire per cylinder and find the one that doesn't make it change. And if we that did one this doesn't make 300Z it change. Forever. We did it with the Civic even that time it had the bad injector. Like something's rough. So we started pulling coils. Cylinder four, one, nothing changed. So hmm, cylinder one's not firing. Let's figure out why. We tried moving a coil, didn't change it. So therefore, injector, that was the problem. Yep. <clears throat> uh, I'll just say one more thing on the fuel and the spark. Uh, healthy spark versus not healthy spark. <sighs> Nine nine out of a hundred again. Spark is spark, but fuel weak fuel is going to stop a car way before weak spark. Oh, I'm blowing out the spark because I'm blowing too much turbo. Really, really? How many pounds are you pushing? If you're two point three liter Ford at seven pounds of boost, you're not blowing out the spark. <laughs> yeah. And you can, if you have an air fuel gauge in the car, this will give you a good idea if you're running lean or running rich. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. a nice tuning tool to have. You don't have to watch it very often, but when something's wrong, it really does help yeah. figure that out. A fuel pressure gauge, whether it's built in or one you can just put on the system, also great. Um, yeah. And worst yeah. case scenario, I've even pulled entire injector sets out, suck them in bottles, and turn the, you know, crank the car. I think that's a great story. I think you should really talk about that. All right. Well, in the Civic, it wasn't the Civic wasn't running for a long time, and it ended up being one wire that was supposed to be hot in run and crank that was black and yellow was accidentally wired with a different black and yellow wire that was hot in run but not crank. So anytime you had to, it was very difficult that, to test. That, and that showed as a start problem, right? Because yep, you could get it did. It, it wouldn't start. start. And then it would, it would like, but it would start and then die, right? I mean, it would and like, it, kind of, it would crank it and then maybe, maybe, over. yeah, it would, well, it would crank, but it wouldn't do anything. 
Um, okay. So anyway, one thing I tried to check the injectors. So I pulled them all out, left them in the rail, left the rail all hooked up to everything, put them in four water bottles, cranked the motor, nothing. So then I made a separate harness to plug each of the injectors to put 12 volts to the injectors just to turn them on while under pressure with the fuel pump. And sure enough, they all came on. They, some crud came out of them because the motor was a junkyard motor, but then they flowed reasonably well. So therefore we knew the injectors, okay. So something was not telling them to turn on. That was the problem. So now, yeah. we're, now we're tracing yeah. it back yeah. to signal. The injectors work. Let me just go through it again real quick here. So the injectors were not firing. So you hooked up a separate system and they fired. So you knew it wasn't a physical problem with the injectors. You Correct. knew it was a wiring problem between the ECU and the injectors or exactly. you were going backwards. Yeah. Exactly. You went short in there. I just wanted that to That also it. proved that there was fuel, the fuel pressure into the system was enough to run the injectors constantly and they flowed okay. I thought that was great diagnostics, by the way. I love that. You showed it to me and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you take the crappy gas you just poured in those water bottles and put it in your lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> so your lawnmower won't run. And then you have so, to figure out what's wrong with your lawnmower. That's only with 20 year old gas. This is <laughs> that not happens. that old. So, but and at that point, or go on, Rental. Well, no, finish your that point. Cause I was going to say, so at, a at that point, you knew it, the spark was okay. Or oh, no, did I you know? I, no, I was just confirming injectors work, but that told me injectors work, but nothing's telling them to turn on. So why is nothing telling them to turn on? Something in the ECU is not triggering the injectors. Why? So went back that way. Got it. Got it. I, because we've had spark problem in the Civic. Yeah, that's right? what we're about the past. one we're about to talk about. All right, uh, go ahead. And bef before we oh, get there, because this is a this is a that that good one, and I I apologize because I threw this in the wrong, wrong thing, but we're we're running down the fuel. You two were the ones that figured out what was going on with the TR seven at pit because it would run for three laps, and then shut down on the side of the road, and we had to keep bribing the um, tow truck driver with cookies. <laughs> I remember that because yep. they brought us in so many times and you guys were going and everything was showing up proper on the fuel. Everything was showing up proper on the spark. So at that point, you have eliminated the possibility of under the hood and you begin to trace it backwards. And I think someone was dealing with the tank and looking around and felt the tank and said, yeah, this tank is really hot. Like this is hotter than I would expect the tank to be. Like the fuel gets warm when it, if it's in a, in a system that is constantly pumping it from the engine back to the, to the tank, like most it's a return system that most cars are. And once it goes through the engine, it warms up, comes back to the tank. Okay. It gets warm, but it was warmer than we thought. So we started looking around, tracing the path of the system. And sure enough, and, and, and Let's say it again. This car ran for a little bit. And once you got on it for a little while, then it would start to fail. Then it would cool off and it'd be totally fine every time. Yeah. Can I say that that's probably a heat problem? Like yeah. if you're running until it gets hot and then it gets a little bad, really worse, real bad, screw you, I'm not running, something's overheating. But this one was run, 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 done running. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, we started looking at the fuel system. We traced the whole thing. And sure enough, we found one of the mufflers had split open on a seam and the exhaust was coming out right onto, was it the pump or the line filter? It was the, it was the line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the, one of those. 
one of those important things. Anyway, so you run it hard enough. It was boiling the fuel at that spot and vapor locking it. And we're lucky we didn't catch on fire. Mm-hmm. Basically. We're always lucky. Yep. That's great. That's, well, yep. that's the story. Congratulations. You didn't die. Woo! Yeah. That's the story of the TR7. You're lucky you didn't catch on fire. Oh, okay, I thanks. believe that's correct. Yeah. Actually, there, yeah, there's never been a time with the TR7 with where it wasn't, you're lucky you didn't die. It's always, you're lucky you didn't die. It tried to split itself in two. It's funny. Yeah. I didn't even remember that was the TR7. I thought that was the RX7. Nope. TR7. Oh, I believe you. Oh, I definitely believe you. TR. TR7 trying to kill you. That was you that one race. Was, we, yeah, we, it was we, desperate. We pulled it out of the field oh, out of desperation. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pit. It was pit race. Yeah. I remember doing it. I remember fixing it on the floor there. Yeah, that was great. Uh, let's talk about some spark stories. All right. So, yeah, this is the Civic at Road Atlanta. Jeff's out running. Everything's running great. It's wet. He comes into it, locks the brakes up, engine stalls, but then it comes right back on. So, but in doing that, oh, this is a foreshadowing. The engine moved a lot when that'll happen, when it goes from on to off to on, it moves around. And then after that, anytime there was kind of a transition, the motor would kind of cut out. It was bad. And move around it. <clears throat> it just like stopped, nothing. And then come back, but your foot's on the gas and it would come back on throttle and the boost yeah. would come up and you'd go again. So it was it was a lot of transitions and it was just from nothing to perfectly fine. Nothing, and, and perfectly hopping fine. through the exhaust. What? Yeah. It was like yeah, throwing so, so we get the blow off valve. Two, the blow <laughs> valve plus yeah you, you you heard fuel go into the exhaust and ignite in the exhaust so that starts that one signal right there taught us something we said hang on if fuel is making it into the exhaust that's a pro- that's a problem and that tells us it's not burning why is it not burning or why is it getting out of the engine so we start following that path you know we check the distrib- we put a new distributor on doesn't change it because that's the first thing you try with the Honda. Um, we check the timing to make sure the timing belt didn't jump a tooth, which maybe would have fuel spraying in the engine with the valve slightly mm. open. Check yep. that. I forgotten that we had checked that. Wasn't that? We're looking everywhere. We're 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 doing the multimeter on the ECU. Is there power in the wires? They're supposed to be. Yep. Yes, there is. Well, we're doing it, and then we're just, we're just out of ideas, and we start just looking at everything really carefully. And this has taken half a day. And Mark with the up, fantastic accent came over and was helping us. Uh-huh. And then plus that that random dude with the accent we can't figure out, he was there too. I remember oh, his yeah. accent. He, his accent was amazing. Anyway, we start looking a little closer at everything because we're, we're so frustrated at this point. There's nothing else we can do. And I, it's like, also pick up, miserably cold. Yeah. So we pick up the wire harness and to, to, to like de-pin something like I'm not into it. So I'm going to de-pin some things and make sure they work. And as soon as I bend the harness back and look at it, sure enough, the insulation on two or three of the wires is broken. And there's like one thread of wire hanging, hanging on. And that's, is this is the, the distributor has the coil, the igniter and the cam angle sensor in it. So all those things kind of important to get the car to run. Can I make a corollary? What is it when you when you match two things together? Corollary, I think. Correlation. I correlation. I'm going to make correlation here. The TR7 and the Honda, everything tested right. But we found a physical problem. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say that, like, because you ohmed out those wires. You yeah. knew that the wires were all connected. 
sometimes you really got to feel everything yeah. to feel what's wrong. And if a, wire, felt, oh, yeah, if a wire ohms out, it doesn't have any load on it at that point. It, all it is is checking that, where once it has more power going through, it's more load. One strand of copper is not enough to carry that load where you need the whole thing. Mm -hmm. That was the problem. And also when the car was on and off the boost, on and off the gas, the motor was moving. And you'd be surprised at how much a motor moves. If you ever see one on a dyno, it's amazing how much they move. And that was flexing that harness and opening and closing that joint that was bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can, can I say another? Oh, go on. Well, this Sebring last year, me, Pantless Matt, and Donnie, Donnie was working on uh, his HHR. And we had a similar problem. We had an electrical miss. We could not identify. Everything was plugged in correctly. Now, Chris touched on this earlier about knowing the history of the vehicle. And a guy who was there just to crew for another team, who was a GM person, walked over and said, tell me what you've done to this. And Donnie walked through some of the, just the repairs and modifications. And he said, when you pulled that, did you pull the wiring harness? Yes. And I laid it out over here so I didn't have to disconnect it. And based on experience and knowing what had been done, he pointed to a plug-in module and said, you've got a pin that's crossed up. So we unplugged where the main wiring harness goes into ensure, you know, where there's 24 of those little tiny pins, one of them was laying down and it crossed over mm. and was causing a short across the wires that was not detectable. We couldn't find any break in the wiring harness, but we knew it was a generalized electrical short. And it's that Sherlock Holmes, when the in, when you've eliminated all of your possible, then that's when the impossible becomes probable. Yeah, I, I, I mean, deep hitting stuff and, and, and when, when you know all the wires are there, but it's still not, you know, the electrons are still not moving. Good luck finding that. It, it just requires diligence patience write things down however you've got to possibly start eliminating you know chris all right the injector is not firing why and yeah. there's an answer to that yeah, uh, and, and i would also argue that anytime you've got a liquid in your exhaust always a bad thing yeah, if it's gasoline definitely. something broke if there's water in your exhaust something broke yeah i'll definitely say that 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 is exactly what chris was doing when he found that broken wire is he was literally with the entire map going to trace every single wire. I mean, right. That's what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I pulled the, the harness back enough so I could actually get it close enough to home out both sides of it. And that's when I saw the, the break in it. At least a lot of these cars are running or getting older. The wiring is breaking down. A lot of these race cars stuff. live outside. Um, yeah. Well, even the Mazda, it's an 07. I just had, we had the, the broken wire on the math, which is what caused it to run poorly at the end of New Jersey because the wire was broken on the math, probably a result of the engine falling out of the car, but knowing the history of the car, oh, the engine fell out. I bet. Right. <laughs> also quarter million miles on the car. It's been hot. Things happen. That wire flexed enough that it broke. Uh, I'm going to give out another tip here. And it's going to be with a little story. Um, have a second set of eyes and have them like looking at the non-obvious stuff. And here's the story. Manny. Wagovan. No, Wagovan. 
Okay, I'll, I'll still throw a plug for Manny. Manny That's helped fine. us a Manny's ton great. with the Citroen. <laughs> Manny's great. Manny has helped us with the Civic. When I when I am out of ideas, I go to Manny, and yeah. he's the one that comes up with stuff. Like the one time I didn't put the dowel pins in. I remember, yeah. I remember that. Manny's yeah. the one that figured that out because he's Came amazing. Over went, Isn't there like a dowel pin here or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, other hold on one. The other oh. resource, Matt's dad with oh carbs. GM everything absolutely. Yep. So, um, Chris, you are our suspension expert. You are the civic expert. One time in the Wago van, you pulled it in and you said, yeah, it's not right. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And then you got on the rear wheel and you, you shook it and you were like, something's wrong. And then you started like every single bushing on the lower suspension. You were pulling on them individually and you're like, I can't find it. They all feel good. I can't find it all. I'll feel good. And I was standing in the hatch and I could see the top hat bolts going click, 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 click. And so I think sometimes you just, you, you need the second set of eyes to look for the muskrat. You know what I mean? When you open the hood, there's a live muskrat. That's the problem. Sometimes when you're the, when you're the person who built the car, when you're the person who wrenches on the car all the time, you will focus on the details that you think are wrong and, and you'll miss the forest for the trees and having that second set of eyes is really important. So bring over the person who hasn't done everything and say, I'm going to walk you through this. Let me tell you what it's doing. Tell me what I'm missing. Ain't got no gas in it. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it ain't mm -hmm. got no gas in it. That, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. I know that. Well, I know that happened in the Corvette recently. It's broken. Yeah. <laughs> but that's an excellent point about suspension if it doesn't feel right it's probably not right mm -hmm. and suspension is a bit of an insidious thing because it you know the parts tend to wear out before they fail and if you're the one in the car all the time you may not necessarily notice but if you get in the car and you're like it doesn't feel right and this I, i'm not going to dig up the episode on diagnosing on the fly but one of the things chris said is when you're talking to people, don't give them the diagnosis, give them the symptoms. Yeah. Everyone has said, what's wrong with it? Oh, I think it's the head gasket. I didn't ask no, you no, what no. you think the, what, what you think the problem is. Tell me what it's doing. It's exactly what I was trying to say. Like, even if you think oh, I'm pretty sure it's that. No, no, no. Tell me what it's doing. Tell me what you touched. Let me hear the story. Yeah. And let them think about the answer you're not thinking. Well, about. like at Laguna, and the guy's like, "No, no, it definitely, definitely a head gasket's blown. It won't run. Head gasket's blown." And we're like, "Okay, what what happened? No, it's a head gasket. Okay, tell me what happened. Well, I went from fifth to fourth, and all of a sudden, uh, it just stopped running. <laughs> it's not a head gasket. Okay, miss a few steps in there, and yeah. let's I don't think it let's was see fourth. if the motor will spin. Yep." <laughs> Playing. Nope. Motor not nope. spinning. Oh, no, you no, did no. What's this called, is done. He did what's called a money shift, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten mm. that, that he came mm. in convinced it was the head gasket. Oh, yeah. To oh, solidly convinced. Yep. No. You couldn't tell that guy anything, though. That's true. Anyway. He's the one who did it and then uh -huh. left, I think. I don't know. He went yeah. to go buy a new motor. Oh, that's right. I, I was going to say I he found wasn't one around. And he took off and, and he drove quite quickly to get said motor that the place is about to close. But fortunately, he was a <laughs> state fine. cop. So he was some sort of police officer. He was fine. Yeah. Ponch John. I'm not sure which one he was. Yep. All right. Anyway, uh, do we want to talk about this uh, this other story here? 
this yeah, listener not? story. Well, so so we've we, we've talked about fuel, and we've talked about electrical, and we've touched on suspension because it has a tendency to to wear. Uh, we did solicit stories from you our listeners. And uh, we got a good one from the FOMOCO Ford Focus, which the Eric Rude episode uh, talks about using this team as an example of doing things smart, doing things progressive and not focused on just being fast. But they had um, been working on this focus for a while. And uh, I just put the, the middle part in this right here. They had 60 PSI of oil across the when they were in the car after they installed an oil cooler. Now it was fairly solid regardless of what the engine was doing, which should the engine oil pressure should change as you rev the motor. And uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know cars, 60 PSI of oil. That's good. That's good. It's, it's good when it's running at moderate RPM. If at, it's hot, at hot idle, at idle? Hot idle, no. No. no, that's bad. That's a lot. <clears throat> yep. And so after multiple wide open throttle third gear pulls, the oil pressure dropped and the warning light came on. So they shut it down, but it was too late. And I love this quote, uh, dropping the pan revealed more glitter than you want to come home with from a night you don't remember. And all the Roger like Kesha were concert blue. In there. <laughs> yes. So they did a quick Only if it's gold cleaner. Glitter. Changed out the bearings on the bottom, replaced the oil, fired up the engine, still had that 60 PSI at idle, very static. So it did not change with engine speed. They shut it down because that's what Jeff is saying, not what it's supposed to do. And they deleted their oil cooler and accumulator. And then they got a 75 PSI at a cold idle and the oil pressure gauge was tracking with the engine speed like it should. So at they have now eliminated a chunk of this that is causing the problem. So they use these logical things of remove, replace this part, remove, replace this part, remove, replace this part. And what they came to was a valve in the oil cooler accumulator that was installed backwards. Mm. Mm. It's always worth checking the last thing you did, especially if you're the one that changed what the engineers spent millions of dollars to come up yep. with. Yep. And you and your infinite wisdom and yep. your Harbor Freight tools and your summit catalog, <laughs> I can do better. The, uh, the, the meme of the president of uh, Mazda, you know, yeah. ah, yes, we spent 10 years designing the Miata, but you bought coilovers on eBay. We have job for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think this goes back to, you know, I, I love the idea of what did you do last? Like if it was working this point, and now it is not working. What did you do in between? Um, we we had a uh, uh, we were helping another two point three liter Mustang, and this is part of the uh, the um, Garage Heroes in Training crew at the time. It's Alan's it's now. The Mustang. The Mustang, it's yeah. So but hopeless. back then it was it was still Spider Mustang, I think. Yeah, I do love that and... Alan painted the fuel tank pink on the car right now. That's <laughs> my favorite it's detail. Got going on for it. the theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good, and we had just adjusted the distributor and we sent it out and it died immediately. And he was convinced it was the boost. Oh, is the boost not running? Boost not running. Right, right, right. It must be the boost, must be the boost. And I was like, what did you do to the, to the distributor again? He said, oh, I, I changed the points. I said, okay, 
and I and I and I put my hand on the distributor and it was in pieces. And like if you didn't touch it, it looked like it was still together and just the plastic had shattered. And basically he had missed a screw in the rotor and at speed the rotor had flung off the shaft and destroyed the distributor cap. So Chris, two points. Check what you just touched. If it was running before and it is now not running, you broke it. <laughs> wow. Facts. That facts. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you did, you made potentially it you broke it. Potentially. At least, at least that's a good point to start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Does anybody want to wrap this up with a philosophical quote about taking your time or work this, the book? Just be go go methodically and carefully. Once you're once you're out of ideas and you're frustrated, walk away for a few minutes, get your head in the right space, get someone else to look at it and start going methodically carefully and looking at things you don't expect that are related but go in a process follow the flow why is this not working this is this is a problem to be solved be a racingjunk.com their pen there and this is a skill set and this is one of the joys of racing at least endurance racing at this level this is a skill set that translates to everything every job i've had i'm the dumbest guy in the office but I will come from a race weekend having gone through all the, the emotions of this level of frustration and just using this, these standard practices, solve a problem, not solve a problem, or at least identify a problem. You know, what's the last thing we touched? What's the last thing we changed? Why is this not working? Where can we make an improvement on this? So these are the, you don't feel bad if you don't master it, or if you spend all weekend, with a car that doesn't run because of a, a 50 cent piece that you could have solved in 10 minutes, as long as you walked away from it, learning something. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Kaufman, uh, the, the big bushy haired guy who used to be with gas monkey garage, who bushy, actually bushy does, beard. He had bushy beard. Yes. I'm bushy oh, yeah, the, sorry. Bushy beard guy. Uh, he said every engine wants to run. If it's got, <laughs> if it's got fuel and it's got spark, mm. Not the it, one no, that was in the RX at the uh, end. That no, but that really one true, no, true. No, no, no. Though that yeah, was no. really Bernie. Um, but but what I'm saying is like it's 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 usually the physics. Like start with the basics. Does it have fuel? Does it have spark? Does it have compression? Is it not full of water in the combustion chambers and flowing out the exhaust? Sometimes it's the muskrat under the hood. <laughs> that engine fell out. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a couple times where it's. <laughs> not doesn't have all the parts that it needs to yeah. run yeah. <laughs> all right anything all right. else before we wrap it up and move on to our favorite segment if you did not share with us but this has sparked a memory in your head get a hold of us on any of our social medias tell us a story of how you found the unidentifiable problem that almost ruined your weekend or did ruin your weekend and how you fixed it love it all right, we are going to move on. Chrissy, do you have adjust the tip? Don't no. shake your head. It's an audio podcast. I know. I was trying to find my unmute button. No, I don't. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to apologize for the disappointment. I'm giving you just the tip. Oh, uh, just the mental tip. tip. Oh, oh, so sad. <laughs> All right. If you are listening yeah, so to this you podcast, can give me just a tip anytime you want. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a, there's a strong possibility you have a trailer 
even if it's not your automotive trailer, or you've got a tow vehicle, or you've got something that you don't drive all the time. And we've talked about this before, but this week I had an almost incident that reaffirmed the need to talk about this. Now I'm going to share the screens. I mentioned that earlier this week, I drove my RV from its storage center, which I don't park my RV on, on concrete because that will dehydrate your tires. Mm -hmm. I park it on gravel. And in bringing the car, the vehicle there, I just do a once around. Okay. All the tires around, they hold air. This is my front RV tire. As I began to drive the five miles to the emissions testing station, I notice a slight wobble in the front wheel. And when I get to the emissions testing station, I soon find the cause. This is the front tire of oh. my RV. And you will notice it has split mm -hmm. completely. How it is still holding air is a miracle. Yeah, the, I do the not... tread is separating. Yeah, I believe yeah. they call on, that tread separation. On the inside tread block, it looks like you have an alignment issue to start with, though. That didn't help it. And the, But the tread is definitely separating. Huh? Absolutely. Uh, I believe this is what like killed the Ford Explorer, right? And this is also a, it's a twin I-beam suspension, which is not known for its excellent tire wear. Let's be honest. <laughs> facts, all facts. So I did a once around and also found this lovely uh, thing. So on your tow vehicle, folks, just walk out there, check those Ooh. date codes Ooh. on those tires. Yikes. It's a nice Look. split in the sidewall. And yeah. also that looks like that sidewall's rubbed against some stuff in the past. Didn't help. Well, he is driving an RV, so, you know. Well, corners that jump out at you true. well the worst <laughs> thing for children tires, you know worst thing for tires is uvs that's what and, i was about to say go ahead chris and mental's in the desert and you know what they get a lot of in the desert uvs absolutely uh, maybe you put some suntan lotion on it get some of those um <laughs> they, they make tire covers for rvs to kind of go over them to help mm. from that they do they do and this is uh this is most likely going Oof. to be the last uh iterate it's getting new tires this is going to be the last uh, the RV is going up for sale because I don't use it like I used to, but just before... what you get for buying a house, living yeah. in a city that you work instead of living in a city you work in 2000. Well, miles just away. yeah. Um, but the uh, if if you're if it's a vehicle that you only drive on track weekends or you just tow on race weekends or something like that, before you overload it on a Thursday and jump into it with only a handful of hours of sleep to try and get to the track before 10 o'clock or before 7 a.m. where you're immediately going to start drinking or unloading or doing things and paying attention. If any of these had gone out at speed on a vehicle the size of an RV, that's that's a nightmare. And those of us, we've been on trailers, we've experienced blowouts and this sort of thing. On your way home from work or to work, take an extra hour, drive by your storage place, walk around your trailer, your 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 RV, your tow peg, just check out the tires. And if say like, I don't know, you bought the thing in 2015 and still the original tires, maybe time. you, you mm -hmm. should have budgeted a replacement for those a number of years ago before you drove all the way across the country. Or but, if your trailer is one that you got from a shady guy in the middle of the night and it's probably stolen, <laughs> assume the tires are not very good. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Before you go on a long tail. Uh, Metzler, can, can, let's just talk really quick about the concrete because concrete does kill RV tires. Yes. Um, there is, it is some sort of out gas. And what is exactly the reason that concrete kills tires? Is it sucked it, the, it, 
it dehydrates them. Dehydrates yes, them. Absolutely. Uh, so even if you're just storing your 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 race tires or whatever in your garage, have a cardboard barrier between mm -hmm. them and the concrete. And if you park your trailer, your tow pig, your race car anywhere on actual the concrete, concrete carpet samples, cardboard things of that nature. And and we've got old episodes where we talk about putting the car away for the long winter's nap and the same thing with your tow pigs and your trailers and uh, your, your, your pit bikes, all of these things. Yeah, when my VCT tiles are incredible. Ah, that works. Barriers and they're when, super cheap and available everywhere. When my father stored the RV at a storage lot that was concrete, uh, we had big rectangles of plywood and we would just stick them on the tires and then drive up on them two feet. You don't need to jack things up. Just drive over them. Yep. Woof. Woof. The dog Here. agrees. The okay. dog agrees. Uh, sorry, we uh the we've got the the big dog and she doesn't get up like she used to. So she's she is fighting going outside before dinner. Oh. And and Moko <laughs> is very supportive. Moko is here being a cheerleader. Oh you can well, do like it, Rika. Moko. You can do it, Rika. Oh goodness. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I'm going to wrap it up by saying thank you for downloading us. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We also hope your dog is feeling well and doesn't need a lift up. Whether it's a Bones Day or a No Bones Day, we hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer, even you. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe, send us an email, give us a five-star rating. If you have any questions or show ideas, drop a comment on our Facebook page, Everyone Racers, or email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com. You can text mental pictures or requis or uh, tire sales flyers, 484-243-0455. Find us on Instagram or Twitter at everyone.racers, YouTube and Facebook, Everyone Racers. Uh, we are still posting on the full episodes. Full episodes are available on Rumble. Rumble. And Can we put you them on YouTube getting... too, please? The whole ones? Yeah, we'll get That'd there. be great. Uh, Reddit slash we we'll, we'll R. Thanks again. And until next week, keep the shiny side up. Unless you got that 258 AMC and we know there's no shiny side because it, well, it just gets everything everywhere and all the mud. Then just keep those wheels down.